and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told to the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here, here, news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred, that great theme music by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And today, we continue our feature of the splendid production, Severed Threads by Goldhawk Productions, uh, originally commissioned by the BBC Radio 4 for their afternoon play. Uh, this show is about three lives and three continents, uh, one story, sort of, uh, recorded on location in New York, India, and the United Kingdom, and as I mentioned last week, I actually got to help out record location sound for the production in New York City uh, with producer and writer John Dryden. Quite a treat, and, um, you know, really, even among the BBC, John Dryden is a really unique producer in his, uh, you know, real commitment to doing location productions, and I think you will be able to tell from the splendid sound design in this piece what uh, difference it makes. Anyways, about this series, Severed Threads, um, it's about, uh, like I said, three lives, uh, three continents, one story about cheap labor in India. Uh, in episode one last week, we met Jim Nostrand, his uh, clothing company, Cheap Threads, uh, Minneapolis companies under heat due to a labor scandal in India, um, some accusations about uh, child laborers. Um, in the UK, Ben is in a boarding school watching troubling videos on YouTube, violent videos, kind of a uh, sullen youth. And then there's also a story in India with Prem Sharma, who is a uh, investigative journalist looking uh, about child labor conditions for the BBC um, in India. So before we get into our second episode of that, uh, we do have a review again from Captain Radio. He is talking to us today about an interactive audio experience called The Realm Unseen. It's a sort of a choose-your-own-adventure book uh, delivered in audio. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Captain Radio, what have we got here? Greetings, Audionauts. Captain Radio here with a review of The Realm Unseen from Storyline Studios. Bitter darkness wraps you in its cold embrace, drawing you close, relentlessly suffocating you until at long last you awaken. Your eyes open wide, frantically searching, only to find the darkness remains. You feel no blindfold. Nothing to hinder your vision whatsoever. As unbelievable as it seems, you are blind. Eventually, as the blind protagonist, you discover the outrageous yet plausible reason for your blindness. When you turn to the mysterious Dr. Griffin to help recover your sight, you also encounter your dark adversary, Cassius, who wants to step in line ahead of you as you race on to your final destination, one of London's most eclectic landmarks. Attempts to characterize this unique collaboration among scriptwriter J.S. Earls, narrator and co-developer Josh Armstrong, and sound engineer, chilling original score composer Kevin Patterson can wrap degenerate into blind philosophers debating the essence of elephant. Though clearly not a Duke Nukem leveled shoot 'em up, this media creature is too interactive and too richly labyrinthine to be considered a forthright audiobook. Given the size of the creative team, the vividly sensory mood of the production, and Earl's recognized skill at writing independent comics, perhaps Realm would best be distinguished as an interactive audio novel. The interface is basic enough, plot unfolds on each chapter track until you must make a critical choice. Perhaps you could sneak onto a bus, or use a phone, or something. The choice is yours. If you search for Dr. Griffin, go to track 13. If you search for the London Eye, go to track 14.
Eventually, the track chapters lead to one successful outcome, though, just as it might go down while mixing it with the mythical Cretan Minotaur, you could readily find yourself facing dire consequences. What are you talking about? You ask, disoriented. He laughs. <laughs> You'll never know. And you never will. The end. Whether from among the intended audience of adult audiobook devotees, or from among middle schoolers who surprisingly latched on to Realm during Earl's appearances at comic book stores or cons, participant listeners quickly and keenly engage in ferreting out the single successful outcome. Though clearly you should not try to enjoy Realm in a moving vehicle, you might best immerse yourself in it by inserting the disc into a home entertainment system, lowering the lights, and preparing to be... righteously creeped out. Experience yourself the heart-pounding terror and excitement of the realm unseen by acquiring this unique interactive audio novel from springbrookaudio.com. Until next time, Audionauts, this is Captain Radio signing off. Awesome. Thank you, Captain Radio. And should also mention Myself, that the Realm Unseen is available now in bookstores, not the least of which is Amazon.com. So check out our website, RadioDramaRevival.com, if you want more of that. Um, if you, too, want your own show featured on Radio Drama Revival, uh, hit up the submit link at RadioDramaRevival.com. That gets it into our official review queue. Uh, promising titles are then scheduled to get on this podcast at some point in time. And what at least we'll try to do for you is get a review and uh, help you reach a larger audience. Uh, we love all the fun, inspired, passionate new work being produced out there. Um, yeah, so keep it up. Keeps it into us. We love to hear it. Um, now on to our feature show, Goldhawk Productions, Severed Threads, Part 2 of 3. Enjoy. See, Mrs. Schommer, we feel Ben is struggling to cope here. It may be that another school would be more suitable. There's nothing wrong with Ben. He's a boy. He's exploring the world. He reads comic books, he plays computer games. Yes, some of them violent. Isn't that so unusual? Boys can be attracted to violence at that age. Uh, no, Mrs. Schommer, Ben has taken these interests to what we consider to be disturbing lengths and he doesn't seem to be interested in mixing with other boys he spends a lot of his time on his own all boys are not the same mr timms you can't expect everyone to play sports my husband hated sports just because he's a quieter child because he's a bit shy doesn't mean he's not intelligent he's a normal boy he does well in exams yes 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 he does his intelligence is not what's being discussed here. He's not a violent boy. I uh, know. He's never been in any trouble. No, no, his behaviour has never been violent, I agree. So, what's the problem? Well, would you like to read this? What is it? It's uh, Ben's notebook. It's his diary. It's supposed to be private. It's about a boy, Ben's age, who gets a gun and starts shooting his classmates and teachers. 
me see. This. It's a fantasy. Boys have fantasies. He's trying to come to terms with the world around him, and I don't need to tell you how violent that is. You just need to pick up a newspaper. He's just exploring the world. Look, Mrs. Sharma. Please, just call me Fiona. Fiona, I'm not trying to fence with you or win an argument. We are concerned for Ben. And it would be remiss of me as his housemaster and as his guardian here at St. Wilfred's not to be concerned about these signs. We all know, don't we, that dreadful things have happened in schools. Now, I'm not saying for a moment that Ben is going to do anything like that, but we do have a responsibility to the whole community of this school, as well as to Ben, and maybe we're not serving his best interests here at St. Wilfred's at the moment. David. Can I call you David? Yes, please, please do. Ben loves it here. All, all this talk of him being taken out of school is a bit dramatic. That's probably what's upsetting him. Mrs. Sharma, Ben seems depressed. Depressed? Could it be that his father's death No, is... that's ridiculous. Ben hardly knew his father. But he was, what, uh, seven when his father died? Yes. Well, I would have thought that would have been extremely upsetting for a child of that age to lose a father. Ben's father was hardly ever there. Well, that could have increased his sense of loss and the powerlessness that Ben felt. These things don't go away, Miss Fiona. They stay with us. And if we don't address them, they can grow, fester, they can harm us and those around us. Ben seems fine at home. Look, I'm paying not inconsiderable fees for you to educate my child. He may be a loner, but that's why I've sent him here. I work hard to give him the best I can. We think Ben needs special help. You're a special school. Help him. Look, I'm a single mother. I work, I work hard to give Ben the best I can. If you send him home, what am I going to do with him? I can't give up my job. I'm building a company. He, he, he's going to sit there at home. <laughs> videos on your computer. I was just interested. Are you upset about anything? Debbie, can I call you back? No, I, I'm at my son's school. Okay, go on then, quickly. Have they sent a brief? Well, ask them for a brief so we can prepare something properly. Yes. Yes, their offices. I don't know, check my diary. I'll be back in an hour or so. Yeah. Bye. So, have you, uh, have you made some friends, Ben? Yes. Good. So you're going to be all right until the holidays? Yes, fine. Of course I'll be fine, Mum. Can we have the bill? Yes, of course. What's a sweatshop? Do you mean a, a sweet shop? No. Where did you hear that word from? Don't know. Just wondered. Doesn't matter anyway. There's the problem. Thanks. You know, Ben, you're a very privileged young chap. Most boys haven't had the start in life you've had. I've worked very hard to keep you here. I know, Mum. You shouldn't waste it. You do like it here, don't you? Yes. Ben, Mr. Timms wants you to see a doctor. What for? Just to have a chat. The doctor will be able to help you 
deal with everything. Like a head doctor? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you, Ben. Then why? Yes, Debbie. It's a print run of 4,000, I told you. Then say no. I'll be back in the office and... Put it on hold and tell him to wait for me. Yes. Okay. Ready to go back to school? I'm here in my hotel room waiting for Rahul, my fixer, who's late, as usual. I've been here two weeks and I'm flying back home tomorrow. I felt a bit uneasy when I left Amit with his mother in the village. It wasn't quite the uh, ending of my documentary I'd expected. I'm going back there today to visit him and his mother and brother, see how they're all getting on. Who knows? I might even get a sequel out of it. So have you always wanted to work in radio? You know, people who work in radio usually say how much they love radio. They say if I had to choose between working in radio and working in TV, I'd always choose radio. It's the, the theatre of the imagination. What? It's like you create pictures in people's heads. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, but I'm not like that. To be honest, I've only ever wanted to work in TV. For me, working in radio is like being... like a bird of prey. An eagle with its wings clipped. I want to soar above the clouds, man, but I have to waddle around in the muck. So why don't you work in television? It's not as simple as that, my friend. I need a big story. Oh, something will come. Maybe this will be the story that'll do it. Yeah, sure. Testing, testing. <clears throat> one, two, one, two. This is Birkut Village, returning to see Amit take one. Well, we're here again. I'm back at Amit's village to see how he's settling in after being returned to his family. It's set in a dusky, bleak landscape with a scorching, pitiless sun above. <clears throat> no, wait, I'll do that again. <clears throat> we're in a bleak, dusty landscape. It's midday and the heat is intense. Apart from the odd stray dog and a few children, there's no one around. I've come to see Amit, the boy we rescued from the textile factory in Delhi. I hope that he and his mother will have by now bonded or at least a little bit. Hello, is anyone there? Oh, Namaste ji. Namaste. Um, Amit hai? Nahi. Kaha gaya? Bhaag gaya. Bhaag gaya matlab? Aray matlab bhaag gaya to bhaag gaya. Ab aur kis bhaasa mein samjhaayin aapko ke bhaag gaya? Bhaag gaya. Achha hi. It's not good news, I'm afraid. Basically, she's saying that Amit has run away. Gaya ko chara dalne to murke dekhe ki sarak par bhaaga chale da raha hai. Ab hum kaa karte? Bhaagte uske piche. Um, what shall we do? We can't do anything. How could he have run away? We're in the middle of nowhere. I don't believe her. Come. Come, let's go. Wait, there's his brother. One second. Come here. Huh? Huh? Here they are. Amit guy. But I don't know. Seems he's keeping Stum too. 
We can inform the welfare officer when we get back. They'll follow it up. Now who's this? Anji. बताएंगे कितने पैसे मिले आपको बेटे बेचने के लिए का मतलब? आप लोगों की वजह से इंडिया की प्रॉब्लम्स कभी खत्म नहीं होंगी आपको शर्म नहीं आती डू दैट जस्ट हैड अ गर्ल विद हाफ द विलेज वाचिंग व्हाई डिड आई डू दैट आई एम सॉरी आई जस्ट लॉस्ट माय टेंपर आई हैव एनी राइट टू एज अ एज अ वेस्टर्नर इट्स जस्ट आई हैव अ चाइल्ड माय सेल्फ एंड Actually I shouldn't have blamed the mother. She's virtually destitute. God. I'm becoming a part of my own documentary. Let's go roll. I feel responsible. Before at least he had a job somewhere to stay now he's probably back in the city begging or or worse. We'll never know. We'll never know what happens to this child. Not necessarily. What? When you went back to talk to the mother, the informer told me something that may be useful. What? The man who took the boy away, he has been to the village several times before. He has a van with a sign on it, a cleaning company. I think I can track him down. But it may take time. I need more money. How much more? You see, I need to make some calls, bribe some officials. If you build your house on the sands, it will surely be thrown down. Sleep well, honey? No. What is it? Are you worried about something? No. All that stuff about the factory in India, it'll go away. I mean, you told them you didn't know about the children. You told them good, it'll go away. Just shut up. It's I'm not worried about that, okay? Is it the pastor's visit last night? I don't want to talk about it. Honey, let's pray together. Not now, honey. No, come on. Jim, maybe you've forgotten. You you've got too sophisticated with that job and all. No, honey, I'm just not in the mood. It's not just the pastor's visit, is it? You've been quiet ever since that phone call. Do you think I didn't notice? What is it, Jim? 
If you can't share it with me, then can you share it with God? Honey, let's humble ourselves in front of the Lord right now and ask for his help. We used to before we were married. Come on, Jim, we, we don't have to be at church. We can do it right here at the kitchen table, please. Honey, please. Dear Lord, Father, giver of life, help Jim in his hour of need. Help him to drive out the demons inside him. Can you feel it working, honey? Yeah. Help Jim to stand tall when the devil throws false accusations and insults at him. Help him to be brave in the face Mom, of adversity. Dad, what are you doing? Your father and I are praying together. Gross. Go to church. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, you may laugh at God now, but you better hope. When you need him, he doesn't laugh at you. I'm going out tonight. Who with? Casey. Honey, you know what we think about Casey. Why don't you spend some time with girls your own age? Because they're dumb? Well, we just don't think Casey is a good influence, honey. Why? We just don't think... Because she likes girls? Oh, Faith, now don't you start. Why? Why? Because Jesus doesn't approve? Honey, sit down. Sit down. Let me tell you something. You remember what I told you about my life? My life long ago? When I was a salesman? Yeah. Day after day, I was on the road, driving from city to city, but I didn't know where I was going. I mean, I had a map. I could find my way from city and city, but in here, I was lost. Honey, don't talk about this. Not now. No, Ruth, I, it's necessary, so Faith will understand. And then I became ill. You've told me about this, Dad. You tell it to the congregation just about every Sunday. I know, I know, but there's more. When I met Pastor McGiven, I was a wreck. Every time I spoke, tears would stream from my eyes. I had no hope in my heart. But the life I was leading, I couldn't be without. I was like an addict. I couldn't see how I could change. And do you know what Pastor McGiven said to me? And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Then I realized I was already in hell. What I needed to do was cut off my hand, so to speak. Cut off those parts of myself that were causing me all this misery. The evil thoughts, the, the gluttony, and yes, I'm sorry, Ruth, but the temptations of the flesh. But you, you see, I had, I had to decide to do it. That's the crucial thing, honey. You have to decide to make a conscious choice to, to change or stay trapped in the life you know is destroying you. Do you understand? Do you understand, Faith, honey? Sometimes you have to make a choice. Cut off that which you know in your heart of hearts is not righteous. Yes. I understand. Can I go to school now? Sure, honey. Have a good day, honey. You think she understood? I don't know.
Who is this? Who is this? I want to speak to Jim Nostrand. My father? Is your father Mr. Jim Nostrand of the clothing company Cheap Threads? What? Yes. I want to speak to him. He's not here. Tell your father, wherever he is, vengeance is coming. He better lock his doors at night, because I'm coming and he's going to pay for what he's done. My father's dead. Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm meeting someone. I'll just take a look around. Okay. Hey, hey, Jim. Jim. Over here. Wow. Hey, thanks for coming. I hope I, hope I didn't disrupt your day. No, I, uh, it's, it's fine. I saw you on TV. What do you want? I guess you're a little surprised to get my call. It's been a long time, Jim. Where have all the years gone? What do you want? Can I refill your coffee? Sure. Here's the menu. Can I tell you about our specials today? No, yeah, I'm... yeah, that'd be great, please. We've got our chef's homemade corned beef hash. It's served mm. with two eggs. It's delicious. Then we got our chef's Tuesday special, chili hot bowl, served with Parmesan cheese and sour cream on the side. Mm. And for dessert, we've got our chef's special blueberry magic pie drizzled with Indian jaggery. I had that for breakfast. It comes highly recommended. What's Indian jaggery? Okay. Shall I leave you two to think about that, or? No, I'm ready to order. Uh, so, uh, I'll have a burger with fries. Good choice. Jim, just bring me coffee. Coming right up. You know nothing happened. All I know, Jim, is that you were on the register. I'm not anymore. And it was a mistake. It makes no difference. Jim? I mean, Jim, who do you think people are going to believe? What do you want, Billy? Don't you want to take that? No. What do you want, Billy? You're a businessman, Jim. What do you think I want? Look, you, you were a disturbed child. You know nothing happened. You told your church about this, Jim? Look, I'm not gonna give in to blackmail. You can go to hell. And, yeah. Yeah, I told my church about it, and they support me. They are my family. I think you need to think about this, Jim. No, Billy, I think you need to think about this. I can see your troubles. I can see you've taken a wrong turn in your life, but it's never too late to change. I found God. No, God found me. 
I know what you're going through. I've been through it. I was ill, and God turned it all around for me. He can do that for you, too, if you just let him in. I don't need God. I need $20,000. Yeah. yeah, sure you do. And then when you get that, it'll go, and you'll need more, and then you'll need more and more. It's not the way, Billy. I can help you get a job. I can help you get some self-respect back in your life. What are you talking about? I'll tell you what. Tell you what, Billy. Just think about what I said. Just think about it for a few days. We'll meet again in a few days, and we'll talk. Will you do that for me, Billy? No, I want the money. Just think. No. About it. That's good. I'm glad we had this talk. And, and if you if you want to talk some more, I'm here to help you, Billy. I'm I'm here for you, real good. Okay, you take care of yourself. You take care of yourself now. Bye bye. company unless I authorize it. Well, no. That's why we're in this mess in the first place. Well, yeah, maybe, but you see, Jim, Pastor McGiven came by. He, he, he was concerned about the situation. You don't work and for Pastor McGiven. You work for me. Yeah, that's right, Jim, but you see, we were getting a lot of calls while you were out from all over the country, and I, I, I tried calling you, Jim, but you didn't, but you didn't answer, Jim. Sorry, darling. Look, we drove out to the village to see the boy. I was worried. Yeah, sorry. I should have called. The thing is, he's disappeared. Who has? The boy. Amit. The boy I rescued from the factory. Prem, you've already made the program. It's gone out. It was great. Why are you still obsessing about it? I feel responsible. Just for a few more days, I need to... I need to find out what's happened. I feel responsible. Prem, you've got a seven-year-old child waiting for you here at home. I've got to be in Edinburgh. If you could stay with my parents for a few days, they'd be more than happy. But who's going to organise that? But I'll call them. And who's going to get all Ben's things together and drive him over there? Come on, Fiona. I'm sorry. We agreed when we went into this that it 
mother. Yes, I know, but... But we agreed. I didn't agree to be a stay-at-home mum. I, I didn't agree to this lifestyle, and that's what you're making me. I didn't sign up for this. Look, this isn't going to take long. I'll be back soon, I promise. You have to make your mind up. Are you part of this family, or are we just something you're dragging around? Fi Hello? We found the boy. Where is he? What's he doing? He's part of a begging gang, Shahpur Jhat. I haven't seen him yet, but... Uh... You thought I was doing a bad job. But actually, I've been working tirelessly to help you. Yeah, can you just be quiet for a second, please? Warren. Well, I need to record a wild track. I, I need silence. Why do you need that? It's when you edit an interview. It's useful to have the background sounds to put under the interviews. It hides the edits. Oh? The cuts. Oh. Like as if it was actually recorded like that. Oh. But wouldn't it be more truthful to show where the, the, the uh, cuts are? Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. Is that him? I think it is. Amit! He's scared, he's running away, come on. Amit! happens a lot. A boy with one arm makes more money than a boy with two. Get a rickshaw. What are you doing? We have to get him to the hospital. This is going to get infected. Rickshaw! Tell Prem, you can't take the boy from here. Party hospital. Tell Jaldi. You can't help him. Look, look, okay? those men over there, they're beggar masters. I don't care. He needs my help. They're taking him away. Call the police. The police won't do anything. They don't care. These gangs pay them. I'm going after them. Look, you don't know what you're doing. You don't want to get involved here. It's, it's, it's not safe for you. I need to help that boy. I feel responsible. You foreigners come here and you want to do good. But usually, you only make things worse. Look, man. I'm Indian. Yeah. Of course you are. 
Do you like trains, Ben? They're okay. I want you to imagine an out-of-control train rolling down a hill. Here it is. It's rolling down this hill. Understand? Yeah. Now look. Oh, dear. There are five people standing on the track. The train is heading directly for them. Why can't they move out the way? They can't. It's very steep on both sides of the track. Do you understand? Yeah. There's only one thing that can stop the train. You are standing here beside the track. And by pulling this lever, you can divert the train along this side track. If you do that, you'll save those five people. Do you understand? Yeah. Would you pull that lever, Ben? To save those five people. Yeah. What if there was another person standing on the side track? So now you've got five people here and one person here. Would you pull that lever? Would you pull the lever and kill that one person to save the other five? Do you sacrifice the one to save the five. I don't know. What would you do? I'm interested in what you think, Ben. If I loved the person, I would let the train go. And kill the five? Yes. To save that one person? Who would that person be, Ben? Anybody, it's just an example. No, it isn't, Ben. Who would that person be? Your dad? I know that your father died when you were young, Ben. He was murdered. Why do you think that, Ben? I'm not a fool. Have you talked to your mother about these feelings that you have? They're not feelings. And anyway, she wouldn't understand. Wouldn't she, Ben? Why is that? Because she's not interested. There's only one person who would understand. Your dad? No. Who? I don't know who she is. She? Her father's dead too. Who is this girl, Ben? Tell me about her. I've never met her. Hiya, Jim. I need to speak to Pastor McGiven. Is he expecting you, Jim? No. Y yes, he is. Well, he said it'd be fine. Okay. Can I just see him for... I'd like to see him now, if okay, I could. Okay, let me just check. Thank you. Sit down, Jim. I need to talk to you about Kyle, Pastor. I see. He's not working out. I can't do my job if my staff are undermining me, Pastor. Did you hear that radio report? 
I had just been on news time defending the company's position. I was totally undermined. Jim, calm down. Sit down. This is a time when we need to carefully manage how we present ourselves to the outside world. I agree, Jim. And Jim, I don't think it's something you can handle alone. What? The Board of Governors, they saw your interview on television, Jim. They don't think you handled it very well, Jim. That's why we felt, the board felt, that we needed to put out a, a firmer statement. Yeah, but the statement you put out is blaming me. Calm down, Jim. You're right, of course, but uh, don't overexcite yourself, Jim. You know what happens when you overexcite yourself. I know about the clothing business. I I've been selling clothes all my life. I have sold clothes to every department store chain in America. No one's questioning that, Jim. Selling clothes is different to managing a clothing business. What, what are you saying, Pastor? There are sacrifices we all have to make. Sacrifices? The church can't be tainted. No, see, I've been defending the church. That's what I've been trying to do. God said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and sacrifice him there. 